So you're ready to jump into the wild world of nootropics. You've heard about their brain-enhancing, cognitive-boosting, change-your-life, God-mode, memory-sticky, focus-enhancing, brain-boosting benefits, and you want some of that in your life. Problem is, sometimes they don't work. Well, in this video, I'm gonna give you three ways to ensure that nootropics work for you. Let's jump into it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast. My name is Eric, and I'm the founder of HolisticNootropics.com, and I'm here to help you boost your supplement and nootropic performance. One way you can do that is to ensure you only buy the best quality products and supplements and nootropics being sold on the market today by heading on over to HolisticNootropics.com and downloading a copy of my free supplement buying guide. I created this buying guide to walk you through ingredient by ingredient on how to avoid all of the junk being sold out there in the $100 billion supplement industry today. You want to know the different preservatives, fillers, excipients, flow agents, and general toxic products that are being put into supplements today that really lower the quality of the product and might even increase the toxicity that you add into your body through these different products. And you want to know what products to find that will actually work for you. You can do that by going on over to holisticnootropics.com. Okay, so Today, we are talking about three things that you can do to help you boost the probability of nootropics working for you. I'm creating this podcast because one of the things that actually got me to create this entire channel and blog and everything I do with holistic nootropics was because I started getting into nootropics. I started exploring what was going on out there in this whole nootropic scene. And as I started to learn more about nootropics and I started to really read a lot of the reviews and get into a lot of these different groups, whether it be on Reddit or Facebook or even like on Instagram, these different nootropic communities and biohacking communities, you start to see that people have differing opinions on similar products. So, you know, you might be looking at a certain nootropic, let's just say, for instance, Alpha GPC, and you might have a whole bunch of people that say Alpha GPC is a great product, it's a great nootropic, Everybody should use it. It saved my life. It made me help me make a million dollars. It boosted my mood. It saved my grandpa. It saved my cat. It is just the wonder drug, and you can buy it all over the internet. And then you have some people that come in and say, I took Alpha GPC, it didn't work for me at all. I didn't feel anything. It didn't do anything. It's a scam. It's a multi-level marketing scheme. Everybody is, you know, nobody, it's a it's a whole, you know, placebo effect, whatever it is. And the truth is that I've kind of learned, you know, in the years since I've been researching these nootropics and using them myself and then working with people nutritionally, um, is I have found that both sides are true. It wor- they, Some of these nootropics work great for some people and some of these nootropics, they don't work for certain people. And there's a lot of reasons why. It's not just the product's good or it's not good. Granted, there are products out there that are good or not good. That's why I created the supplement buying guide because if you're going to use nootropics, you should probably get the stuff that isn't filled with all of the food colorings and oils and preservatives that add to the toxicity of your body that are going to sabotage your chances of a supplement or a nootropic working for you in the first place. That's one big step to take. The other side is your body might not be set up properly to handle supplements. There's baseline things that you have to do that can enhance uh, any supplement working for you, you know? So this is the analogy I always use. 
if you break your arm, let's say you broke your arm, let's say you, you know, you jumped off, uh, you know, you, you're, uh, you got a pool in your backyard and you jumped off your roof into the pool. Well, let's say you missed the pool and you landed on your arm and you broke your arm. Um, now you're in a cast. What is one thing you're definitely 100% not going to do again, at least while you're, while you're in recovery you're probably not gonna jump off the roof into your pool. You're probably just going to start walking into the pool ever so gently to ensure that you get safely into the pool. Um, or you're, what you're definitely not gonna do, let's say you, let's say you were, uh, you know, you, let's say you broke your arm doing something else. Let's say you broke your arm and you just fell. What's one thing you're definitely not gonna do? You're not gonna take a hammer and start banging on your arm, okay? Why am I saying this? Because this is what people are doing every single day with their diets and their lifestyle. So, hey, you hear, oh, uh, a multivitamin is great to take to, to boost your health, but yet you're still eating McDonald's, you're still drinking three beers a night before you go to bed, you're smoking cigarettes, you're, you know, uh, you're staying up late playing video games, you're only sleeping three to four hours a night and it's poor quality sleep, you know, you're eating, you know, popcorn, you're cooking in vegetable oil, uh, you know, you're eating all kinds of processed snacks and foods, uh, you're eating all kinds of sugary snacks, you're drinking soda, and then you're expecting a multivitamin to basically boost your health. It's impossible. It's impossible to make that work if your ad if your overall toxic load exceeds your health load, you're just never going to improve. And so this is the mistake that people make with nootropics and you know, this I don't blame people. I actually empathize a lot with people because we live in a world, we especially in western cultures where it's a pharmaceutical mindset and people are taking that to natural products. If somebody heard that ashwagandha is good for um you know, is good for stress relief. Well, they're going to start loading up on ashwagandha. They're going to start taking two times, three times, four times the dose of ashwagandha. And meanwhile, they're not doing the other stuff they need to do to relieve the stress that they're trying to use the ashwagandha to, uh, to, you know, to get rid of in the first place. Nootropics are only going to get you like maybe five to 15% of the way there. You have to do 80 to 95% of the work yourself before you expect a nootropic to, to work. Like I use nootropics in the morning to get a lot of uh, writing done, to get a lot of like brain heavy stuff done. But if I didn't sleep well the night before, if the night, if the day before I ate like crap, if, um, you know, it, let's say I, I drank maybe the night before, I can't expect a nootropic to boost me out of that. It's just, it's asking an impossible task. But those nights that I do get really good sleep, that I ate great the night before, that I gave myself, you know, three or four hours between the time I finished eating to the time I went to bed, if my heart rate lowered properly, if my HRV is high, if I'm just overall feeling good, and then I pop like a Mind Lab Pro or a New Cube or some Methylene Blue, drink a little coffee, then I feel amazing. Then I'm feeling the nootropic benefits. So there are some things you can do in your life, and it's not just acute. Like it doesn't just mean like, oh, hey, if I just have a good day the day before, then the next day I can take uh, I can take a nootropic and I'll feel great. No, there are things you have to do that are going to take you potentially months, maybe years to fix. Um, if you're not already there now, if you're already there, if you, if you've got excellent, um, if, if you're doing excellent in the things I'm going to talk about today, then, um, you know, then maybe the nootropic is right for you. And that's not also to say that the nootropic is never going to work for you. You know, there's people who take, 
um, you know, who take like the more synthetic nootropics or even like the more natural nootropics, like a lion's mane, and they get the instant benefit from it. There's some people who can, who feel the lion's mane benefit immediately. I'm someone where I take lion's mane and it's very circumstantial. Some days it works, some days it doesn't. I'm like that with Nupept. Some days I'll take Nupept and it's like, mind blown, I'm on top of it. And there's some days I'll take Nupept and it's like, eh, didn't really do anything for you. So, here are the three biggest things to do before you take nootropics. So number one is uh, is you have to stabilize your blood sugar. Okay, so according to the CDC, 11% of the U.S. population has diabetes. 11% has diagnosed diabetes. 38% more, and this is between 18 and 65-year-olds, 38% more have pre-diabetes. So almost 50% of the country has either diabetes or pre-diabetes. And then almost half of those people, um, uh, and then many more of those people are actually even undiagnosed. So we have people walking around with serious blood sugar dysregulation problems. Um, the problem is when it comes to nootropic use and brain health in particular, the brain is the biggest consumer of glucose in the body. So this is why they call Alzheimer's disease type three diabetes, because when the brain is not properly using glucose, which is what happens in metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, and then of course diabetes, is the cells are not properly using the sugar that you have in your body. And that happens in the brain. The brain's not using sugar. The brain is the biggest consumer of sugar in the body. So you're basically not uh, allowing brain cells to uh, metabolize glucose properly and then to turn that into cellular energy, ATP. And this is where you start getting neurons dying off. This is where you start getting um, neurons not uh, functioning properly. This is where you get lack of neurotransmitter production. This is where you get mixed signaling because things are just not moving to the right places where they got to go. Um, this is where you get, uh, you know, glutamate excitotoxicity because again, nothing is working properly. So, um, and that glucose dysregulation in the brain is directly controlled by the glucose dysregulation in the body. Um, also keep in mind that blood, uh, blood sugar regulation works within the endocrine system because it involves both insulin and cortisol. So um, this is going to directly affect hormones. So if you have testosterone issues, if you have est uh, estrogen issues, you have progesterone issues, that's directly tied to blood sugar. That's directly tied to your endocrine system, which is directly tied to blood sugar. Um, and so you have a lot of men, for instance, who uh, they're short on testosterone. They're trying to boost their testosterone to you know ridiculously high numbers. And so a lot of guys go on TRT. Nothing against TRT. It's not my area of, of, uh, of expertise. Um, but I do know that you can naturally boost your testosterone by simply controlling your blood sugar. Um, it's debatable... Uh, um, uh, it's debatable that, uh, that dysregulated blood, uh, dysregulated, uh, dysregulated blood sugar can increase stress hormone output. But what is not debatable is the cognitive declining effects of high blood sugar. So, and this is according to the CDC, high blood sugar over time damages blood vessels in the brain that carry oxygen uh, rich blood, eventually leading to brain atrophy, which causes problems with memory and thinking and eventually can lead to vascular dementia. This is the CDC saying this. Um, and then when you start running into type two diabetes, you're getting direct effects on, um, memory deficits, deficit in executive functions, inattention, and loss of emotion. So again, you're looking at 50% of the country that is officially pre-diabetic or diabetic. 
you have then those associated problems with the brain. Dementia, memory loss, lack of focus, lack of happiness, lack of um, you know ability to learn new things. The brain slows down. This is all tied to blood sugar. Um, and I'm telling you this because a lot of those people, they hear about nootropics. They hear about, um, you know, they hear about the, the alpha GPCs. They hear about the racetams. They hear about the phosphatidylserine. They hear about the different uh, adaptogenic herbs, the bacopamoniere, the rhodiola rosea, the ashwagandha. Um, they hear about L-tyrosine and glutamine uh, and carnitine and all these great, I mean, there's hundreds of nootropics. There's at least dozens that are highly, highly effective and very well studied that can definitely work. But if you don't have the regulated blood sugar, they're probably not going to work because you, again, you have the broken arm and you're continuing to jump off the roof of your house into the pool and you keep missing the pool or you're hitting your broken arm with the hammer every time you keep your dysregulated blood sugar. And then you're trying to take a nootropic and the nootropic doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't boost you. It doesn't make you, it doesn't improve your memory, you know, not to mention with nootropics, you're not going to feel a buzz. You know, it's not like using cannabis. It's not like drinking alcohol. Um, you know, granted there are some therapies like, uh, that are brain positive, like, uh, let's say medicinal mushrooms or ketamine or something. We're not talking about that. Okay. We're talking about nootropics. We're talking about like a lion's mane or a, a cordyceps mushroom or something like that. You're not going to feel those benefits if your brain sugar is not, uh, if your blood sugar is not, uh, is not regulated correctly. So the first thing you got to do if you're going to use nootropics is make sure you are working on stabilizing your blood sugar. You don't have to buy a nootropic to already feel the cognitive benefits of regulated blood sugar. Case in point, when you feel hangry, when your blood sugar drops too low because you have dysregulated blood sugar, your blood sugar drops, how do you feel? You feel pretty exhausted. You feel very hangry. You feel cranky. You feel very anxious. You feel very stressed out. You can't get good brain, uh, good brain benefits when you're hangry and you're constantly having blood sugar swings like that. So, um, so stabilizing your blood sugar is the number one thing you want to do, or at least one of the top two things you want to do before you use nootropics. Second thing you want to do, and again, this competes for number one in my book is to optimize your gut health. Now, uh, Maybe you're one of these people, you're kind of like me, because I I hate when I hear people say this, you want to heal your gut. Oh my God, what does that mean? What does it mean to, to, to optimize your gut health? How do you even, where do you even begin? You know, think about how many people in the country right now, in Western societies that are eating a standard American diet or a Western diet that's filled with fried foods and sugar and sugary beverages. Everything's cooked in vegetable oils. Everything is cakey and weedy and doughy and fluffy. Even the fruits and vegetables, you know, they're, they're sprayed with all this glyphosate. They're genetically modified. It's debatable how much of an impact that's having, but still it's these foreign chemicals being introduced into the body that are not gut friendly. And so what are some gut, uh, some direct brain related conditions that are, um, that are directly tied to the gut. So ADHD, blood brain barrier permeability, BDNF production, short chain fatty acid production. This is very important because short chain fatty acids are protective against vascular dementia and cognitive impairment. In fact, we have, uh, 
imaging studies that show cognitive impairment in those that have even just mild ulcerative colitis. So we can directly tie, and we have the research for that. We is in like, I'm not a part of the scientific community, but you know, we is in anybody with an internet connection. You can find this on PubMed um, and all over, you know, Google Scholar in these places. We know that there are uh, direct connections between specific gut issues, like for instance, ulcerative colitis, and brain impairment, okay? Um, even down to GERD, so um, so heartburn is directly tied to dementia, anxiety, and depression. So you have to optimize your gut health, you know? And um, by saying that, again, you have to get rid of all of the offending factors. So what are some things that, can, uh, that are directly tied to poor gut health? Well, all of the crap food that we've been talking about, right? All the fried foods, you got to get rid of that. All the sugary drinks and sugary sodas, you got to get rid of that. The way I look at it is everything starts from the top down. So it's very difficult to try to go in, you know, to like the lower bowel and say, I'm going to fix the lower bowel. You have to kind of start up top. So what am I saying? So you have to fix your digestion going into the stomach, even into the mouth. Remember, digestion starts in the mouth. So you have to, you have to know that you are pre-digesting food simply by chewing it. How many people are not eating or are eating and not fully chewing their food? You might be one of those. In fact, if you're eating and while you're watching this, there's a good chance you're not properly chewing your food. So by chewing your food, you're already helping your digestion out because so many people aren't, because so many people are, you know, they're not focused on the food, they're not eating um, Cognitive, uh, cognitively, they're eating stressed out. By the way, when you eat stressed out, you turn off all of your gastric juices. This is uh, this is a physiological fact with the autonomic nervous system. When you're in a sympathetic fight or flight um, state, meaning you're stressed out, uh, one of the major things that happens is all of your digestion shuts down. All the gastric juices, all the hydrochloric acid in your stomach, um, all of the digestive enzymes, they all shut down. So think about that. You're eating food and nothing is being properly processed. So what happens is, is then now you have food going through your GI tract that is not properly broken down. It gets stuck in your GI tract or something to that effect. It basically creates dysbiosis, which is a um, uh, which is a disbalance of the good and bad gut bacteria down there. And that's where all of your problems start to build. Once or twice you do it, it's understandable. But people are doing this every time they eat, every single day. And when it becomes chronic, it becomes a problem. And this is where you start getting those issues. And then it goes straight to the brain. So what's the easiest thing you can do? Uh, you can avoid all the inflammatory foods. So all the sugary stuff, all the ultra processed food. Um, I think one of the biggest offenders of this is like wheat, gluten, bread, man, if you just cut bread and gluten and pasta out of your diet, and I'm sure some people will watch this and go, show me the randomized clinical double blind placebo controlled trials. They're out there, but I mean, I don't have them here, but just try it for yourself. See what happens in your life if you just cut out those those uh, wheat gluten products. You know, see what happens. Um, I can tell you from my own experience, it's night and day. It makes a world of difference. You know, if you get rid of stuff that's cooked in vegetable oil, if you just get rid of it, see what happens. Hey, maybe you're one of those people that you go, I eat vegetable oil, I eat grapeseed oil, I eat stuff cooked in soybean oil, and I'm fine. Good for you. I find in my own experience that. Uh, if I, when I swapped all of that stuff out for cooking in butter or cooking in ghee, 
a lot of things changed for me. When I stopped eating bread and pasta, a lot of things changed for me, specifically pertaining to the gut. And one of those major effects that I had when I was able to fix my gut by doing the things I just told you, especially chewing and eating in a very, um, you know, a very calm state, slowing down my eating, uh, my depression and anxiety pretty much went away. Do I still, do I still get anxious? Of course. Yeah. Um, but no depression, uh, no complete brain, no, no brain fog. That's the other thing too, is brain fog, right? That's a big thing with people who eat gluten and who eat, you know, fried food, heavy diets, a lot of brain fog. That's because you're literally, uh, you're creating leaky gut, gut permeability. And then you have a leaky gut, you have a leaky uh, blood brain barrier. Um, and that's because there's, um, uh, certain, uh, they're called lipopolysaccharides that, uh, pretty much pierce the lining of the gut and create these holes in the gap junctions, which then allow, uh, these proteins to go through cross the blood brain barrier. And that's what causes a lot of neuroinflammation. It's a little more complicated than that, but that's the basic idea. So fixing your gut. I hope that makes sense because again, when I hear people say, heal your gut, fix your gut, it's like, oh my God, what does that mean? I think I just gave you a basic idea on how to do that. It's way more complex, but that's a good place to start. The third thing I would, uh, I would say do, this is a little bit more simplistic, but I think it can be a big, uh, a big help before you start actually uh, plunking money down for nootropics and really any supplement for that matter, which is to get a DNA test. Um, don't just do a 23andMe because that doesn't tell you the information you really want to know. Um, I think for my money, the best company doing this right now is called the DNA Company. They run, um, it's called a 360, uh, I forget exactly what it's called, like a 360 like fully comprehensive test which will walk you through all these different gene, uh, uh, gene polymorphisms in your body, uh, in your cells that you have that can tell you things like, uh, can you do a vegan diet or not? Um, should you work out, uh, should you do cardio workouts or should you do more you know, high intensity interval training workouts. Um, you know, what supplements uh, are good for you? Are you more of a dopamine person or a serotonin person? You know, one of these things they say about, um, and I learned this kind of like looking into genetics is like, sometimes they put people on these SSRIs and they don't work. Why? Because um, they have certain mutations in their, um, you know, in their serotonin genes that don't jive well with medications like that. So for some people, SSRIs, they save their lives. For some people, SSRIs create an even bigger problem. Um, and the same can be true for nootropics because there's nootropics that can boost or decrease serotonin, um, boost serotonin like uh, 5-HTP, St. John's Warp, even like methylene blue and some other nootropics. Uh, if you don't have appropriate genes for those nootropics, you don't want to use them. And if you do use them and you have the genes that aren't appropriate for those, you could create a bigger problem. Um, you know, for some people, they can take N-acetyl-L-tyrosine and do great. And for some people, they can take N-acetyl-L-tyrosine and it creates more anxiety and more problems. So taking a, a genetics test, again, from a company like the DNA company that really breaks it down, they even give you a plan to follow that you can, uh, and supplement protocols that you can use. Um, having that information in your hands is invaluable and you definitely want it before you start spending money on nootropics. So those are just three things that you can do. Um, but I actually go through quite a bit more of this information in my supplement, uh, in my nootropics course called nootropics prime. I'll put a link for that down in the description below, um, where I discuss these different methods, including environmental toxicity and go really deep into how to heal your gut, how to stabilize your blood sugar to help you get more out of your nootropics. That's why I created the course was again, because I saw these problems of people not getting, uh, 
not getting success out of using nootropics. And when done correctly, nootropics can change your life. They can help you achieve the things you want to achieve. They can boost your productivity. They can boost your mood. They can, they can alleviate anxiety, alleviate depression. They can get rid of the brain fog. They can do all those things people want to have from nootropics, but they don't quite get there. And in my course, Nootropics Prime, I go into detail on how to make that happen. So I'll put that link in the description below. Again, if you enjoyed this podcast today, if you enjoyed this video, please leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave the podcast a five-star review. And that's all for today, everybody. I'll catch you on the next video.